David Sparks and Jason Snell spent their careers working for the establishment. Then one day, they'd had enough. Now, they are independent workers, learning what it takes to succeed in the 21st century. They are free agents. Welcome back to Free Agents, a podcast about being an independent worker in a digital age. I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Mr. Jason Snell. Hello, Jason. Hi, David. How's it going? Excellent. Excellent. Um, today, we get to talk about swinging the axe. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm i not going to get political, but I will just point out that if you make a name for yourself saying you're fired, who knows how far you'll go. I, I feel like uh, so much of being a free agent is uh, is about psychology and, you know, uh, fear and paranoia. <laughs> you know, it's like, am I going to have enough um clients to keep this thing going. And I know not everybody listening to the show needs clients. A lot of people, like if you sell a product to the public, it's it doesn't work the same. But I know a lot of folks that listen to the show do have clients. And uh, I've gone through these things. I mean, uh, when I first started, I didn't want to say no to any client because I, you know, this is an addictive lifestyle. I do not want to have to go back to a business and, and be an employee. So I need these clients to keep going. Uh, but sometimes they are more trouble than they're worth. And I thought it'd be worth doing even just a little short show about, about how do you make those decisions and, and how do you go about dealing with the trouble clients? Yeah. And for me, you know, I don't have clients generally in the same way that you do, but I, I have some things that are similar to, I would say like I have ad networks that sell ads for me in various places, um, other relationships like that. And it goes for those too. Any, anything where you've got a relationship, ongoing relationship, with a, uh, a, a another business or person that isn't working out. And, you know, it comes to the the breakup, right? It's not you, it's me, or sometimes it's them. Yeah, well, I, I just, I thought I'd start with a little war story. I had um, a client referred to me by an old friend. And so this was person kind of came kind of like as a friends and family recommendation. So I wanted to take good care of this person for, um, for the sake of the person who referred her to me. And, the first call I had, they were trying to um, get me to reduce prices for things that I was doing that I knew were going to take a significant amount of time. Um, I made the mistake and, and, you know, the alarm bells were going off right away. You know, when you start hearing that, when people are, are already not happy with pricing before you even do any work for them. And I, I went ahead and, and did it anyway. And then I, I um, when I did the work, I was very careful about making sure it was economical and within the budget that we discussed. And then after I sent the bill, they, they wanted a further reduction. And, and I, I, I was, I got a little upset and then I realized that the shame was on me, not the other person, because I, all the signs were there. I should have known from the beginning. And I actually end up losing money doing work for this person because, you know, by the time you take into account all the nonsense and price reductions, uh, you, you actually end up losing money. And it, it was just a reminder for me that, you know, as free agents, this stuff is really important, you know, failure to manage these clients or failure to manage the herd means you can lose the farm. You know, you take too many people that are going to be that kind of trouble for you and you're going to be polishing your resume before you know it. So I thought we should talk a little bit about that. Yeah. It's, it's, a. Uh subtly different from the art of saying no, but it is the, the, you know, art of saying not again. (laughs) And, and again, sometimes we're talking about this in the context of having the luxury of having enough work that you can turn away bad, bad work. But, um, I'll throw in the, 
uh, issue of not having availability too. That if you take on, you're like, oh well, I don't, I, I'm not maxed out. I, I I have room in my schedule, and then you take them on. What you're what you're doing is turning away potentially somebody who's going to be a much better client who will come along, and then you'll be full up. So um, again, sometimes you take questionable clients because you feel like the work is some work is better than no work. But you need to have a realistic view of what your what your time is worth and what your costs are worth, because to your point, you know, what you don't want to end up is basically saying, I would have been better off not working than having done that work. And that is a situation you get to. Yeah, I used to um, have a standard statement. I fortunately have not needed it since I went to independent. But when I was in the firm, you know, they took a lot more legal clients on because they had a, a lot more overhead to cover. Right. And occasionally you'd have somebody just didn't want to pay. And I used to, my standard speech was, look, I could either be with my kids or I could be working for you for free. Which one do you think I want to do? You know, and, and I think you've got to kind of take that attitude whenever you get working with somebody that is taking advantage of you. And that, that's what's happening. And as a free agent, you're way more vulnerable. You're way more exposed because there isn't other people working at the firm to help, you know, cover the loss of that one. You can't place bets on 10 different clients figuring that 80 percent of them will pay yeah which which is something that a firm could do right a firm could do that and be yeah. like you know it's okay we're we're managing the risk here but as a free agent you really can't do that you don't have enough bandwidth to place all those bets really yeah so i think part of firing clients is not taking on bad clients from the beginning sure and and being aware of of what what are the warning signs for you and i think every industry will be different but if you're listening to the show you do know where the troubles lie. So tell me, David, what are the fireable offenses? What 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 are the things that uh, will that will or should cause you to say, "I don't think we should work together anymore"? Well, I think there's t- two different sets. There's there's the the one at the beginning, and then there's before you start the relationship. And I think that shouldn't be understated. I mean, when your first your first contact with a new client. Uh, there's a couple pieces of advice I'd give. The first is make clear that that interview is is two ways. Um, huh? When someone comes to meet me and they're like, well, you know, let's see if you'll be a good lawyer for me. I'm like, yeah, and I want to see if you'll be a good client for me. And and I say that. I want them to understand that if, um, you know, if I have the right to refuse your business as much as you have the right not to take mine. And um uh, I think that's helpful. And then just be very aware of the language that they use and the ideas. Like I said, this one that I just had recently, uh, the warning was there right from the beginning that they were going to be um, very frugal and not value uh, what I was doing. You know, that they, they, they weren't putting the value on what I was doing that I think it was worth. And I, that's where I made the mistake. I should have said, oh, wait a second. I'm too expensive for you. Yeah. Um, you know, you should go get somebody else and I wish you the best. And then everybody would have been happy. And I didn't do that. The kind of work that I'm doing, this is a reasonable thing to charge. And if that's too much for you, then you should find somebody who you're going to be happy with. That's the that's that turning around the negativity and viewing it from the other side, which is this isn't, oh, God, you don't want to pay me. I don't want to work for you. It is I'm I'm not going to you're not going to be happy working with me because the way I work and what I charge, you're going to be, you know, you're going to think it's too much. And so we should not work together. 
Yeah. And, and even just like, almost saying like, I can't afford to do this at that value. Yeah. I'm, you know, and, and just explain to them, you know, it's not nothing personal. Right. Uh, so, so that's one thing they'll be looking at. The other thing they're looking at is for attitudes. Like if you, no matter what service business you're in, if you've got somebody who says, yeah, I've hired four graphic designers and they were all idiots. <laughs> I need you to come in and fix it for me. And guess what? There are going to be five idiots and mm-hmm. you're going to be the fifth, yep. you know? Um, so you know, get an idea of their history. Um, because if somebody is unhappy with every other vendor that's done this for them, they're ultimately going to be unhappy with you as well. It's that famous saying that, uh, if you're in a room, uh, and you don't know who the sucker is, it's you. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> yeah. bit like that where it's like, look, if, if, if every, if every designer or lawyer or whatever is the problem for this person, the answer is this person is the problem. Yeah. Another piece I would do is I would ask for, um, what are their, what's their, the term I use is end zone. You know, what is your end zone? If you're hiring me, what do you consider a touchdown? You know, what, what do I have to do to give you what you want? Because even though I'm providing legal services to people or screencasts or whatever, um, I, my idea of what a victory is may not be the same as yours. And, and frankly, the way you determine victory may determine whether or not I want to work with you. I am um, years ago when I was getting, when I was in the firm, I had uh, someone referred to me and it was a business dispute. I did a lot of those where, you know, companies, you know, partners were fighting each other and those were like divorces. Everybody's so angry. Right. And, um, this guy, uh, so he meets me and you know, I tell him, you know, I'm interviewing him. He's interviewing me. And, I'm getting really weird vibes from the whole meeting. And at the end I say, so what is your end zone? You know, what do you consider a victory? He says, well, I want to beat the other guy so bad that his kids can't go to college. Wow. I said, okay, thank you. You know, and uh, let me find someone to refer you to <laughs> because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this guy in my life. And um, <laughs> I had a friend who was just getting started as a solo attorney. And I, I referred the case to him. I said, but Hey, before I send you this case, I want you to know what he said to this question. And then my friend called me a couple of years later and said, Dave, that son of a, you know what you sent me now, he's suing me for malpractice. And I'm like, well, you know, you should have known. I, I warned you. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think you look at attitudes, you look at their idea about cost and value. I, I don't even say, want to say cost. I want to say whether they value the work you do and, uh, and their history. And those are, are three good things to look at when determining whether you take them. And, and so you can fire them before you hire them, I guess is my point. All right. That's no, that's a good, right. Stop it. Stop it before it starts, before you make the mistake, right. Is, is the number one preventative measures should be number one. So you don't ever have to fire a client. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the second thing is, is, as you asked earlier, what happens after you take them on and you know, what is the fireable offenses? Mm -hmm. The first one is non-payment, right? Nobody wants to work for free. That seems to be the easiest one, right? And it's also maybe the most common one, which is a, a fail, failure to pay. Sometimes it could be you could put slow paying in here too. Sometimes they uh, you will get paid, but they, it'll take forever or you'll need to remind them many times. And it becomes this ongoing process of uh, extracting payment from somebody who doesn't want to pay you. Um, so it, it's not even like that they didn't pay. Sometimes it's like they paid, but they paid really late and I had to talk to them like five times to get them to do it. And so in the end, was it really worth it? But non-payment is a, is a really common one. And, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty easy. And, uh, you also get the, uh, they, they will often come to you with more work 
and with a promise of paying you. And it's just like once once people are not paying you or making their payment conditional on more work, you should not work for them. Just forget yeah. it. Yeah, that it's just like uh, my my dad from Missouri told me when I was a little kid. He says, "What do you do when you're in a hole?" You stop, stop digging. digging. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I would say if somebody, if somebody, you have a payment problem with somebody and they come back to you, the, you probably should just say, sorry, I'm not interested in that. You should pay me. The only other thing I, I could say is if you really want to be, uh, to, to give it another go is, is that's when you start demanding payment up front from that client. Like I'm not going to, you didn't pay me. So now sure I'll do this new job for you, but you got to pay me now before I start work because you can't do work that you're not going to get compensated for. You can't afford it. Yeah. Get, get paid what they owe you and get paid up front on the new stuff yep. and, uh, and, and then decide if you want to deal with them. Yeah. Uh, another one is just dishonesty. I mean, these are relationships, you know, they need to be based on fairness and honesty. If, if you find that they're not telling you the truth and this doesn't just apply to the legal uh, context, it applies to really any business. Yeah. If they're not giving you straight information, then, um, you know, they're trouble for you. And ultimately, they're going to be a lot more trouble than they're worth. Yeah, you get those making promises that they can't keep. Oh, no, 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 no. We really value you. It's going to be better. And then it's not better, you know, in whatever it is. We're going to, we fix this thing. It's going to be fine. Uh, we've got something right around the corner. We've got this project that we're going to work on next week and it never comes. Like, and there are extenuating circumstances there, but you, you can tell, you can use your same radar that you use for other human beings to de- determine if the stuff that they're telling you is just to, uh, you know, tell you what you want to hear or keep you spinning while they're considering their options. And, and you, yeah, you don't want to work for somebody who lies to you and doesn't value your, doesn't value enough to, to be honest. Yeah. This episode of the free agents is brought to you by FreshBooks online invoicing made easy. Go to freshbooks.com slash free agents and get a 30 day unrestricted free trial. So imagine you're a free agent racing against the clock to wrap up three projects prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a free agent. This life can be challenging, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are worth it, and they built tools to make the challenges easier for all of us. As Jason and I talk about on every episode of The Free Agents, the world is changing, and with the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. There are opportunities that exist now that could never have existed before, And to meet this need, FreshBooks has been working tirelessly on an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. The new FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up, and it's custom-built to work exactly the way you do. You'll be able to be more productive and organized while also getting paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. For instance, you can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can build your invoices in a what-you-see-is-what-you-get interface, so you'll be able to see them exactly how your client will. You'll also be able to set online payments with just a couple of clicks. This is why FreshBook customers get paid up to four days faster. You'll also be able to see when your client has seen your invoice. There's no more guessing games or no more chaser emails. FreshBooks also has an all-new notification system that you can think of as your personal assistant. Every time you log in, you'll get an update of what's changed with your business and what needs your attention. All of these new features are coupled with a beautiful redesign, focusing on simplicity and clarity, giving you a bird's eye view of your business at all times. 
As a free agent or a small business, it's really easy to get hung up on the day-to-day work and not keep track of how your business is actually doing. FreshBooks solves that problem for you. There's no more guessing games of what's owed or overdue. It's presented to you clearly and simply. Best of all, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to listeners of this show. Just go to freshbooks.com slash free agents and enter free agents in the how did you hear about us section so they know you came to them from the show. Thank you so much, FreshBooks, for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. There's subtle reasons, though, as well. Um, sometimes, you know, it's not as simple as they're not paying you. Um, last year, I uh, right before we started recording this show, I, I talked about it in one of the first episodes, is I had a very uh, big litigation case that ultimately I decided didn't make sense for me to continue. It would have been very lucrative for me, but it, it would have required me to expand the size of the business beyond what I wanted. And um, I didn't feel like it made sense for me or right. the client. So uh, ultimately, I gave up the work, and you know the client is still a client. I still do their corporate work, but but I'm now supervising someone who's running the litigation, and it was really good. The client was very happy with what what we did and why. And um, but sometimes there's there's reasons to fire a client that have nothing to do with uh, the client being a jerk. Yeah, it's a little harder to decide, but they're there. And if you're paying attention to your business and trying to figure out what your overall goals are and your plans, uh. Uh, it may make sense to get rid of some of your best clients. Yeah, I, I think when we talk about diversity of income too in the income streams episode that co- goes there where you could have a client who wants to really take take over your life and and being able to say like, no, I'm not willing to, you know, my business is not to accept any work that comes along until I'm full. My business is a diverse set of things and this is going to overwhelm them and I can't do it. Also, if you're not willing to bring on more help, bring on a subcontractor, expand your business so now that you've got employees, unless you're if you're not willing to do that, then that becomes that time when you say this is not this is beyond the scope of what I'm willing to do in my in my place in in life right now. Yeah, I mean, you could have a let's say you've got a business where you have 100 clients and one of them becomes super big and suddenly you have to get rid of 50 of your clients to manage that one client. Um that could make sense because it's it's a lot less administrative work when you have fewer clients. Uh, but it could also not make sense because if that client leaves, you just lost half of your income. Right. And um, so, so you've got to make big boy and big girl decisions about that. But that's a very good reason to get rid of a client. They get too big or maybe too small. Um, another one is that maybe you have better opportunities. You want to push your business into a different direction. And that might mean, you know, cutting out some of the work you're doing in the existing field uh, so you have time to push that direction. Also, it can have to do with ongoing opportunity. Like you might have somebody who you know is going to be able to uh, pay you for a little while, but in the long run, the work is going to be over and you're going to have to turn away other things that might run much longer. That That's something that I've seen from time to time, which is like, oh, here's a big project you could work on. You're going to have to set aside most of your life for the next six months. But then, but you know, but you'll get paid, and then the project's over, and that's it. And and yeah. choosing choosing not to do that, and saying, you know, I, I I'm not going to take that on versus uh the stuff that's going to I want to keep all of my other work going. Yeah, you don't want to be in a desert in six months, you know, with no work. It is great to have a client who wants to give you more work, right? I mean, it, it is it is a great thing in general, but some of the stuff that they may demand of you is and it doesn't mean you fire them from everything, but it means you're turning down work from them and they may or it may be that their needs have exp- 
expanded beyond where you're you're willing to go and saying that to them because they may not be thinking that they may like working with you and you may need to be the one to say no what you're looking for is more than i can give you and i think all this work maybe it's i think all the work you're giving to me at this point has gotten so big that you need to you need to hire somebody to do it you need to find somebody dedicated to do it but i can't give you what you want yeah i think the real ninja move out of all of this is you don't just fire people because they don't pay you. Uh, you should be looking at all your clients really at all times with at least a thought as to, does it still make sense for me to service this person? Right. They, they call that the, that 80, 20 rule. I actually tried to find on the internet who came up with that first and I couldn't, but the, um, the idea is if you spend 80% of your time on 20% of your clients, um, then that 20% probably needs to go. And it's hard, right? It's hard to say to, to say no, uh, and as an independent person, it's hard to turn away work, even if it's not the best work, because it is work, and and you're going to have to replace that work. But we've all had those, I think, those experiences where it's like this this person is not worth the effort for what I get out of it. In I I mean in business, although it's probably true in life too. The idea, like you know, just because w- would I take this on now if it came to knocking on my door? And if the answer is no, then probably you should end that relationship and not just keep it going because it's around, even if it's not very good. Yeah, I, I have got a lot better at this in the in the last few years, especially since going out on my own, because I realized this is a survival thing. Uh, it just takes a couple bad people to really impact my life. So I've got to be super vigilant about it. Um, so, so if you decide somebody needs to go, how do you do it? There's a couple, there's a couple ways. I think there's the gentle and the not so gentle approach. Just teach me ninja master of firing people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, I think part of it becomes because I was a trial lawyer so long and I've been around a lot of people who are uh, very much uh, angry and uh, in disputes and, and lawyers who frankly adopt those personalities and they always burn out. They never last long. I think one of the reasons I was able to do it so long is that it just, I'm able to separate the emotion from it all. And um, you can be very friendly about it and just say, look, you know, this isn't working out. The easy one is, look, you're not paying me. I could be with my kids or I could be working for free. That just doesn't make sense to me. You know, um, definitely use the F word fairness and say it's not fair. This is, the relationship is no longer fair. We can't do this. Um, I, I try I would try to recommend anytime you, you separate from someone that you don't you know, you don't do it with fire and brimstone, but you do it nice and peacefully if you can. Um. The, uh, it, it, it's something that can be arranged. I mean, you can talk to people. Uh, when I had that thing, uh, last year where I moved out of litigation, I set a, a meeting with the client. I went and explained everything and, you know, cause I was firing someone who I very much liked in essence. And, uh, it went really well because I handled it real well. I think that you have to give some thought to this. Um, I think as an independent worker, it's very difficult for you to have that conversation for a lot of people. But you need to do it. I would even recommend practicing with your spouse or your significant other or in front of the mirror. Um, there's no reason why you can't work out, you know, getting the words over your lips. Because even though you've got them in your brain, getting them through your lips sometimes is hard and you're going to be stressed when you have that conversation. But but try and be the adult about it and be um, gentle with it. If someone becomes angry with you or um, or, you know, abusive don't become angry or abusive back. Just, just pull back and say, you know, this isn't going to work and, uh, and get out of it as best as you can. I don't think firing a client by, uh, 
yelling and screaming is going to be something you're going to be proud of later or something you'd want other clients to be aware of. So try not to. Yeah, I mean, this is very similar to our discussion of how you tell your employer that you're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> which is... When you fire them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's advice for life in general, which is, you know, don't don't make it don't don't bring your frustration with you uh keep it to the facts uh if you can explain why you're you're not going to be good for them anymore you know make it about make it about how it's mutually beneficial make it about how you know you're not going to be able to serve them well and they need to find somebody who's a better fit uh that's all good all good approaches i think a very disarming word in the english language is the word fair I think people have a hard time arguing with fair and say, look, I, I can't continue to do this. If you're not paying me, I can't work for you. I, you know, this is costing me too much money. Right. You, you know, I, I have to stop and you have to give me um, some kind of payment plan. We have to figure out how to solve this problem. You know, when you bring that into it, it usually disarms the other person because people don't want to be um, first. People don't want to be perceived as, as unfair and people don't generally don't want to be unfair. So it'll be harder for them to argue with you. And if they do make a big deal about it, then you really got a bad one and you need to get away from that person anyway. We had a a couple of stories from um, uh, some of the free agents in the Facebook group. I I really liked um, Steve's comment. Um, He says, during my career, I've fired several clients in each instance. These were people that my experience, my gut told me I should not have taken to begin with either for money or because I let them talk me into it, it turned out badly. So um, I think that's kind of reaffirms what we were talking about earlier. Uh, you need to develop a gut in these things because this is a survival thing for your business. Um, it, it, it is gonna, If you get have to fire somebody because they haven't paid you, that means you've worked for free when you could have been working for money. Um, maybe the best bit of advice from this whole show is figure out that screening process and uh, and don't ignore it. Yeah, I mean, how many times is that the story? Which is, I knew I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yep, it's very rarely a surprise, right? It, it it happens, but it is it is very rarely a surprise. What it is is you override your gut instinct, your initial reaction, and rationalize a reason why you should do it, and then in practice you discover that your initial look. We we all humans would not have survived if we didn't have survival instinct, uh, if we didn't have the ability to determine uh, this is something that I shouldn't do, this is somebody I shouldn't interact with. That, that has, that, that's, a, that's a real feeling that comes from information that you may not be able to process on a conscious level, but that you are, your brain is processing. And uh, listening to it is hard, but uh, it, it absolutely happens. Well, there you have it. Don't be afraid to fire a client. It's okay. In fact, it may be the way that you get to stay a free agent. That's right. In the end, your relationship with a client is not the reason you're doing what you're doing. It's to make a living and to be paid and to to do the work that you want to do. And don't, you know, don't sacrifice all of that because of a relationship with a, with a client. And, you know, and that sounds ridiculous, but in the moment, you know, you may think, Oh, well, I really want to, you know, I really want to keep working with this person. I don't want to disappoint them. But if you step back and look at the big picture, you realize this is disastrous. I need to, you know, what's most important to me. And uh, even if, even if it ends up being going badly and it's a, and it's a, and it's tough and they're angry and things like that. If the alternative is that you can't afford to keep working, 
then you got to do it. All right, Jason. There you have it. That's right. We'll be back. Um, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a uh, an interview in our next episode in a fortnight, and in the next block of episodes, we're hoping to have another feedback show. So, if you've got questions for us or stories you want to tell, anything like that, there are lots of ways that you can send your messages to us, and that would be great for us in uh, preparing our next feedback show. So, here are the ways to do it. If you go to relay.fm/freeagents, there's a contact link that will email both of us. I think the email is freeagents at intertext.com, but you can find it on the on the Relay website. You can post in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash freeagentgroup, or you can tweet at us at freeagentsfm. I'm Jay Snell on Twitter, and David is Max Sparky on Twitter. So many ways to reach us. We would love to get your feedback for the feedback show, um, and we'll be back in a fortnight with a great interview with a very interesting person but until then david it has been a pleasure as always see you in two weeks 